All right. Welcome back to the movie and the memoirs of Sarah Joy Bryant of Joy and Hope Restored. <laughs> hey, this time I'm going to introduce myself. I've never introduced myself on, on any of these. I, that's a good that's a good thing. People know who it is. Uh, and back to the movie of my life. Okay. So for people who've been following what I've been putting out, this word of what's taking place spiritually about the spirit of Jezebel um, and the thing shifting in the spirit realm and what's happening to the people who have been affected by it. And you need to have understood how I explained Jezebel for me to for you, this to be really, really make clear to you that what I'm going to go into with this, because I am going to bring up strategies because I go over the strategies in the spirit realm of this entity, which would be considered a Jezebel spirit and what's structured within the spirit realm when it comes to the demonic forces behind certain people that you probably can't wrap your head around are behind. But let's just talk about the exposure that's taking place now in the church of the thing that I've been addressing of this predator spirit, which would be under the spirit of Jezebel. It's what Jezebel will always flip into. The spirit will always flip into being a predator. Why Jezebel was a predator, okay? So when you hear predator, don't so get in your head. It's a murderer like, or a, you know, child. That's not just a predator spirit that's on somebody. This predator spirit is so hidden and strategic in people's lives. There's so many people bound by this because, because that's just one of its, attributes because it can change its face in the way that it does things to people and hurts them and this when if people go through all these pot you will be so delivered in your life if you actually stick with me even if i offend you even if it's too above your head like if you stick through this even though there's so much warfare on this me getting this out you will go from literally your, your, your life will get changed. <laughs> I totally believe it. If you go through 20, all these 20 podcasts, because I am literally going to break down. I've broken down so many things in your life and things that you can go through or leadership that we're under that has demonic things behind it. And if you understand that side of something, you will see your, the world and your life and relationships differently. It will change your life. And you want to hear something like my, my life is so just, I have a weird life. I do. My dad told me one time I should have a reality show <laughs> and the cameras follow me about deliverance ministry because of the weird stuff that happens to me. And I'm like, that actually would be a really good show. <laughs> I, have, I have really weird and it's why I have so many stories. Like I have stories like a 90 year old person. I have stories all the time of weird things that happen to me because it's literally what I'm called to do. We people do weird things to me all the time. And the reason that is, is because demons are behind stupid people <laughs> and they're behind evil agendas. They, 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 uh, they manipulate, they hurt the mind. People are tied to these false beliefs, these, these, these things and these coping mechanisms. And they do things that the spirit realm is also a part of. And when people in the church grasp this, your life will get changed. And if you just knew the crazy crap that happens to me, it's through people. And it exposes the spirit realm to me. Now, it's not that I, I also have extreme weird stuff happen that's just my sensitivity to the spirit realm, but it's the weird things that people do. Um, and it just exposes the spirit. So if you catch up, catch up on, on Sarah's memoirs, 
<laughs> the one that's called March 29th is the one that I always keep referring to was the beginning of me saying there was an exposure of the spirit and it was it came out through a front neighbor getting caught looking in my window um peering in on me and you have to have understood that this story that I'm using to explain the spirit realm and I'm trying and I'm explaining what's behind it that's going to make sense to you about this so if someone's listening to this and, and you hear me talk about a, a man that's getting exposed it's a front neighbor who is literally like a Ted Bundy he's super charming everyone loves him he's completely the most creepiest evilest man and and very very dark and he's played everybody in the neighbor except for me, basically, he's tried to charm me for about three years and um, just do weird crap. I mean, just try to corner me all the time, do all this stuff. And I know everybody's, if you follow my stuff, you always hear me venting about this because I'm still dealing dealing with walking this out. And it's just such the perfect story to explain a predator spirit and how well the spirit of Jezebel flips its faces, does what it um, can to get what it wants, which is a narcissism agenda to get its end point. And when somebody is under this type of narcissism and, and getting what they want, feeding themselves, it, they, you have it in so, so many people, so many leadership, so many people around you get affected by this thing. It's, it, it literally, they will go through anything they can in order to get what they want. And the reason not everybody would understand and see this on everyone, because the way that they'll do it could be so hidden, it wouldn't make sense to you that it's this, big narcissism type like a thing that a person gets wrapped up into and then gets it through power control manipulation through um um intimidation through mockery through def defamation of character that the spirit will like go through and and i explain that really well in the strategies if you look at the podcast that talks about jezebel so i explain that and then and then you have to go also you want to see the death of jezebel but anyways okay let me explain where i'm going here so the way I know when things are shifting, well, physically, I can feel what stuff is going on in the spirit realm. But because I have to go through something that would be a demonic spirit behind a person who was technically, it was a predator spirit um, targeting me of what he did. And I have to watch it play out to understand how, what God is saying through the word of God. And I always say this and everyone, I'm like, you, you don't want to trust a prophetic person that does not walk out their word. Okay. Because every prophet in the, in the old Testament, especially on the old Testament, they all walked out their word and had extreme pain on it and died in really, really bad ways. So we need to look at the secrecy on, on, on the prophetic, because here's the thing. God's calling me to release this word of something that's really massive taking place. And I'm doing it hidden. I'm not on stage. I'm not public. I'm literally sitting in my apartment, walking through it and releasing it because I know that's what God's called me to do. I don't need results. I don't need an audience. I don't need a book deal for it. And this word is going to take down all those false prophets. This word is. It's going to take it down because there is such a lack of purity and the prophetic being so well known and on stage. Oh, oh ma'am, I'm getting so taken over. People have to just hear this because I'm not, it's not being held back. My whole body is like shaking. The prophetic is going to get completely flipped in these days to come. And there's been a testing right now through the idolatry of the heart. Go back and read Ezekiel 14 and understand 
that Ezekiel was called to give a word to an idolater, um, to the to the false prophets that um, had idols in their heart. And he gave them the answer of their idolatry in their heart. Okay, so here's my point. That there is idolatry in the prophetic. So words are not being completely placed in complete purity and accuracy into the spirit realm and what is taking place today. Because <sighs> I don't understand why no one else publicly prophetically is picking up what me in my 30s am doing by myself and calling and, and, and being obedient to the word of God. That's all I can say I'm doing. And some people would say, how, how do you know you hear from God? You don't have, because why? Does it only mean that I hear from God and I'm prophetic because I have a big audience that follows me? Because I get famous for it? Because that's not biblical. So I don't want to get famous for my prophetic words. I want to get God telling me, you my good and faithful servant. You have done well. And I can be okay if they're suffering with it. Okay, so people, let's like, we need to like shift this idolatry to prophetic words. Needing someone to give you God's word for your life. You need to know him and his word for your life. Ugh. And God is removing the idolatry of leadership right now out of the church. He's going to flip it. People are going to get exposed and it's going to hit like a ton of bricks when people see this happen. And everybody's going to go, dang, that girl was right. I didn't like her because she offended me. She accidentally cusses sometimes in her teachings and she drinks wine. I would, oh my goodness. What? That's so against the word of God. I can't believe it. Guess what? My prophecy are going to be so dang accurate. Your mind's going to get blown that God spoke through somebody who drinks wine. Ooh. <laughs> Where did that just come from? Jesus wanted to clown someone with that one. <laughs> because here's the thing. He is breaking the religious spirit off the church. He's breaking the religious spirit off the church that has taken control of people using his word. Using his word. And he's done. That's done. That's done. So he's going to use the most weirdest person, a girl in her 30s, that makes no sense, that flies around a room, that heads with, that shakes, that does really weird stuff, might drop to the ground and shake and convulse and laugh, yet my prophetic is going to be accurate. And it's going to break religion. Oh! People would say, oh, you're bragging. Nope, right now God's bragging because he's all over this. If people could see my body, it's literally trembling under this right now. But, uh, uh, have you ever seen me shake this bad? My whole body is trembling under this. Look at, look at my hands. Sweating. This is like so... Uh, God seems to have no problem with me bragging and talking about wine tasting <laughs> he seems to think it's funny because it's going to get your panties up your butt because you're so used to religion and what you do on sunday and taking communion and proving how about you eat the bread of life how about your life gets crushed and you know jesus in it whoa <sighs> i did not know this was what this was about this is crazy <laughs> i feel like i might puke <laughs> When people experience trials, do you know that idolatry has to get burned out of one's life? It must get burned out of one's life. What does that mean? It means you're going to go into a fire if you have idolatry in your heart. That's what that means, okay? And this is all over scripture. Any time Israel 
practiced anything of idolatry. It immediately removed all favor and it immediately removed God's hand and immediately accessed demons and released God's judgment on it. Always. He released Israel to the enemy multiple times and to be taken and invaded by an enemy in order to get them purified and submitted to him. We must stop looking at suffering and trials as something that is either just demonic or because someone doesn't have God in their life or because they want to misinterpret the truth of the word of God. Because in any trial, you will learn to get on your knees before the one who created you, the one who has all power and control and needs his church back in purity. And this fire, when it comes in to purify this thing out, for those people when they come into it to quicken the removal of your idol just get on your knees quicken the removal of what God's doing because he's not trying to hurt you he's trying to save you he's saving his children in this and then judgment is going to hit the predators in leadership <clears throat> and it's not going to be good and I am releasing that word today of what's about to take place <sighs> okay What's interesting is one person who I finally see seeing this taking place is Victor Marks, the one guy I keep talking about, the guy who risked his life going to, to ISIS, and he was just at the Mexican border, like helping, like he, he legit lives out the word of God, you know, in a very humble, and then he's very harsh at times. And I actually read a post from him today where he publicly put out a worship leader who got busted for asking a 19-year-old boy something like this, a teenage boy for nude photos over and over and over again. And the head pastor of this mega church also had put his son in leadership who had issues with young kids. Okay, and I and I think I got that story accurate. I don't know the names. I never heard of the church. He put a picture of the dude on his social media and called him out because he's been exposed. And he says, if people understood what's about to take place in the church, Eyes are about to get so opened on what's taking place in leadership. They're going to find out there's pedophiles. They're going to find out that there's crazy crap of power, control, manipulation through doctrine. Like that is what ends. I'm like, finally, like somebody's actually saying this. And I'm not just by myself saying like people, this is going to be really, really crazy to wa watch it take place. And okay, so let me explain. Let me go back to why I now know that something is shifting with this thing and judgment is coming in. And we're, we're going to go into the flip of what I keep saying is, is going to take place. And the people who've been in purity and under fire, they're about to flip out of that fire so this is a hopeful word for people who are in purity and when I mean impurity that you are submitted and humble before the Lord like I don't mean that you need to be a well-known anything a doing ministry you don't have to know you don't even need to know the Bible front and back and do what I am telling you have a humble heart before the Lord a humble heart and that you would just you just love him like that's what i mean by purity okay and and you don't have like a narcissistic agenda for your life and for people around you you aren't trying to get what you want through um anything through the prophetic through ministry through just whatever it is that you're just you're just humble before him if you've been in a fire then this fire's breaking off you friend and i'm so excited for you because i can't wait either <laughs> I get it. There's a fire that's about to shift for those people. They're, and they're going to come into a place of promise, favor, 
and honor, and they're going to see the result of being humble before the Lord. They're going to see the result of purity. Even though there's been pain and suffering in it, you're going to see the reward of all of it. Like there's going to be so much promise God is releasing. And these other, these people that you have taken what would appear to be a natural favor that was never a natural favor. It was your heart's desires accessing the spirit realm, manipulating congregations, moving in on the prey that was weak to you, the women that you could touch, the children that you got around, the people that you just got in power and control through prophetic that you like mentoring in power and control those people those people it's going to hit you very very hard it's going to hit you very very hard and that's what i'm about to prophesy out i'm about to prophesy the coming down of this thing and here's how i know okay so you have to have gotten caught up on the crazy thing this neighbor did okay and i explained that one thing that he always did so he charms everybody but he's i can't explain how evil so Moira, my friend who's who's here taking notes right now, she saw saw him from far away, and you said that is a grossest. You could just see, tell. He just looks so dark, and what's so crazy is that because he's hiding his darkness, he overcompensates really, really bad, and that's what people are doing now to hide what they're operating in. He overly compensates through charm, doing all this stuff. And because I always came across not liking him and not trusting him and being very avoidant of him, he did it way worse to me, cornered me, always getting out of his car. And so when I catch him looking in my window, my back house in a very private area. So to see, to watch a dude walk and look in the way he did, you don't any, it just would scare the pants off you. Like my dad wanted to take me to Costco the next day to buy a gun. <laughs> he did. He literally called me was like, tomorrow I'm picking you up. We're going to Costco and I'm getting you a gun. I'm like, I do not want a gun, dad. Guns scare the crap out of me. Um, I told him he could get me a taser, but I don't really, I'm just doing that to appease people because I'm not like scared of him. And that's what this may sound like because of what I went through. I got really traumatized by this. And it's not that I'm afraid of him. Let me explain what I've been experiencing. I can sense what this predator spirit does to scare the crap and like take hold and take power of what it wants. And I know that this man operates in this and he, he's doing something illegal, 100%. It has to do with trafficking. I know that. I got pedophilia. Um, I know it's women and children and that he he is involved in. And I and I believe his exposure is coming. I just do. I've picked up and felt in the spirit that, that something is going to get leaked about what he's doing and hiding. He, he's either going somewhere and paying for some, something that's illegal. He's doing something and it's going to get like caught. And it's going to, because something is just, he's, the protection's coming off and I could feel it. It's like, I feel he's actually dealing with something right now. I feel he is, even though I don't see it, I feel like something's already began and a panic has come on him. I don't know how to explain it. Like I just get this sense because of what I've been feeling so bad spiritually from the protection of the spirit realm around him, what they try to do to me. I know that is always in return to it doing 20 things times worse. Like, I am just feeling the result of, of the demons losing power, but it's been horrible to feel completely freaked out in my apartment um, he, because another thing he did, he would get in the garage in the middle of the night, like 3, three and 4 a.m. in the morning, and the garage is attached to my bedroom. So I would get scared out of my sleep. You feel like someone's breaking in. It shakes my wall. And 
that's one another thing. Like, he's just a violating dude. Like, it's like he, you know, and he knows what he was doing. Like, you don't know that you're not doing that when he knows where I live and my room is attached to what he's getting into. Like, he, he's aware. And that's the, that's the thing. This this guy, he, he I could tell that when I called him out, because what I did, I God took over the whole thing. And I publicly screamed and yelled at him in front of a lot of neighbors and uh, exposed him for what he did. And that's when everything snapped. And I went into, like, a crazy holy crap, feeling scared, intimidated, like not knowing what he was going to do. And let me explain why. Because I understand the spirit so well and I explained it, I explained it in the strategies of Jezebel. And I'm even going to give it, explain it more in the Bible story I'm going to give. But I know what it flips into. And especially somebody who's in this level of a predator spirit and power and control and getting what they want they don't like give up and they will more flip into anger and intimidation if they get like exposed and pushed at. Um, and that's one of the main strategies in like in anger towards it. Now I have said that it flips into humility at sometimes, but that's going to be more a person really directly tied to you because this guy isn't tied to me. This is just a dude who's doing something super evil that's getting exposed in front of me. My expectation was he would flip into intimidation, meaning because I was feeling super intimidated. So I was expecting because I could, I felt like he wanted to go head to head with me. I could tell he got angry when I confronted him. He flipped out of his charm. And then when I confronted the neighbor and asked her to get him, can he stop getting into the garage? She's scaring me. Can he get into it the night before? Do something, not do it to me. That his, when I asked her to tell him to please stop doing that, the response was he wasn't going to do it. Like he was saying, oh, I only do it Mondays. It's because he's a he's a power dude. He is used to getting what he wants. He is used to intimidating, taking control of women. And he wanted me. And I know that. He had a perverse thing and a weird thing with me. And there was something that he was intrigued and needed to see me respond to him. And because I never did, this is why it went so far as to him looking in on me at, in my apartment. So because I understand. And here, let me explain explain to you how I understand the spirits. Well, the guy that stalked me, now I bring him up, but really you're not going to, you're going to hear certain details in one of the podcasts, but, um, what, like he, if here, let me, this is a crazy story. I'm going to throw in a story of, of something that the, how, how bad the spirit, when it's under someone who's a predator, what it does to protect and take livelihood and go after. So I, when I was being stalked by him, he, broken or he can't I don't remember no he didn't break in but he did something physical to me and so my landlord who I am under right now like the landlord of this apartment I've known my whole life his son's a cop and he and back then he was a Long Beach PD so he got involved in it so he picked me up and he took me to the police station got me a restraining order and then took got me the got the guy's phone number um, my ex's phone number and contacted him basically like threatening, like you ever touch her, you ever, you know, whatever we're going to, I'm going to do this. Well, and then gets a restraining order on him. If you know what his, this guy, my ex did to the cop and my ex's family did to the cop. This is so insane. And why this would blow someone's mind. My ex. Okay. First of all, I wasn't dating a homeless guy. <laughs> like he was like really would blow your mind that this guy was this psychotic. He was in, in the works of med school. Okay. He eventually got into medical school. He was going to be a doctor. He had a ton of education. He was wealthy. He was a good looking dude. Like he, you wouldn't, 
put together how psychotic and evil and like what his family, his family, his, the parents are like professors in Orange County, okay? You would never imagine that people like this would go to this level to get what they want. Listen to what he did. Him and his family went after this cop's job. They contacted the police station and his supervisor and said, this guy is helping this girl and doing it through his cell phone. They, they put him to get him fired. Yeah, and so his supervisor had to meet with him. I find out like what they did to him. The mom did it, he did it. And literally, if you imagine, I was under such an insane attack of ruining my life that I could go nowhere. He followed me in the police car and texted one of my friends. So my ex followed me in this police car and said, why is Sarah going to a police station? I literally could go nowhere. Nothing. This is why people, if you understand, I say my life's like a movie. It's so crazy what was done to me. Like I had to move out of the state, but you have to understand something when I explain it. Because people would be like, how could God hand be on you like this? I partnered with this crap. I slept with the dude. I did drugs with the guy. I let him into my heart, into my life. I let it in. So don't blame God for this, people. I let in the devil. When you let the devil in at that level, do you understand how hard it is to get it out? It is very hard. And I'm going to be one that helps people get out of it so fast because I had to walk through it to the level I had to walk through it. So he even tried to take the livelihood of the cop who was helping me. So just get, just get the level of power that if you get intertwined under something that is Jezebel or something like that, that when it intertwines you that bad, what it does, because the, all the ones that I got that intertwined with, like the girl I talked about who got into my heart through the idea of being my sister, she, she also did it at a very high level, but it was so crazy protected. God's hand on protection was so different than the other one. God protected me in the whole thing, but stuff happened because I kept myself like accessible to him and uh, to the guy during it. Like, because I was so afraid of him, it was easier for me to respond to him than to not because I didn't know what he was going to do to me. And so, and I now I have that confidence where I do not ever, ever, ever come under the intimidation where I'm going to submit to that spirit because I learned my lesson with that. You do not, you stand up no matter how you feel. So let me, let me go back now. Just explaining the level of what can happen with intimidation, power, and why why you should trust what I say <laughs> because of my experiences. Okay, so so get past my age and what people think about like, what I teach on because if you knew what I what I've seen. So so the, the now I'm gonna jump back in. So when I confronted this man and get him from you know not getting into the garage I and he wouldn't do it I came under so much intimidation that I had such fear of running into him being in my apartment my heart was always like I was getting scared out of my sleep thinking I was hearing noises and like in that he was getting into the garage and I was so scared to feel if he did get it into the garage because I would take that as him intimidating me and pushing me and I knew that that meant that I was gonna have to do another thing. Does that make sense? It meant that I was gonna have to go more head to head and I just didn't want to, like I've been so exhausted of this, like I didn't want to have to confront him, go to the landlord, like I just wanted to see God like do something but because I know what the spirit flips into, I did not, I could not imagine a man like this submitting. Like to me, it was an impossibility to a female. So this is what's gonna blow your mind, people. I got to see this dang spirit starting to submit now. And it's, it's that's showing me that it's going down. So I did not run into him for probably 
five weeks because while well, I went on the run, that's the one thing I kept avoiding it, I wouldn't be here on a Sunday to Monday because he would do it early in the mornings in the middle of the night. Um, and I found that out because finally put it together. That was the night. So I didn't want to be here. I've been too vulnerable. And if he did it, it meant that I was going to have to deal with this more. And so this past weekend was a first and I just didn't feel like I was supposed to be gone, but I was traumatized yesterday by being home and knowing what was, you know, was going to be, I didn't think I was going to sleep all night. I've already been having trouble sleeping. And I just was my, I was being startled in my apartment again by any noise. And my heart was, I just am feeling the spirit thing. Like it's really crazy. Okay. I just have a really high sensitivity to this stuff. So and I'm feeling it. So I put on Isaiah. I just felt like to go to Isaiah 24. And I played them for like hours because it's like a God just needed me to believe his like faithfulness and power. And, you know, me of all people, you have to understand, like when you've come from like trauma and like crazy things happen to you, like death, you know, you want to believe everything in the word of God, but you get scared sometimes that it's just not going to work for you. And people don't act like you don't know this. I, I can't stand like pastors that won't admit the truth. They just want doctrine. Like, come on, if you really understand life and then if you don't, you just teach a doctrine. You probably haven't had a hard enough life to explain this. Like we need to understand why people have fear and like, why does it come in? And why do we get misplaced understanding and who God is in scripture? And God is like literally had to do such miraculous things in my life to, to not had to, but this is what he's done to prove in himself to me, even in pain, even in warfare, that he is the head of everything, that he is all powerful. He, he has protection, he has judgment over people, he has protection over me. And because of so much loss, like I have a pretty big confidence in like standing for things. I, I just do it, but I do it afraid and people need to get this. Like there's times I do it and I'm just kind of like, God, but, but I always say this, my obedience and my act of standing is my faith in that moment. And God gives me the reward of it. And so when people, you have fear about certain things, it's okay. And you understand there's a root to that, but here's what we need to, to really do. You've got to remind yourself of the word of God and claim it to see it happen for yourself. And and not the blab it and grab it. You got to grab, you got to grab God's word, like the truth of it. And so me, honestly, like me playing Isaiah and hearing God's hand, like redemption on Israel, but also judgment and just his power and how quickly he comes in and does something. I just, it just started to get me like, holy crap, like Holy Spirit's all over this. Like there is a thing that we need to just stand and believe no matter what you go through, that when God's hand wants to come in, it is going to be a frightening thing um, unless you're in purity. And that's what I keep trying to explain the fires that are about to come in and like, in like this thing. And I know that mine's not a fire. Mine's like the most finally, like a huge breakthrough and promises and stuff coming in my life. So God's judgment is like very exciting. It's like, I, I have no fear of anything. I haven't, I'm, I have not done one thing wrong. Excuse me. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to my public speaking people. <laughs> Talk about God breaks religious spirits. <laughs> That's so weird. Sorry, I just burped. Um and, um and just knowing that it's gonna hit. And I think he's just like he's just like my faithfulness. Even though you're feeling this, my faithfulness, my faithfulness, my faithfulness. So I finally run into the dude for the first time a couple days ago. The timing was weird. I just think God set it up very specifically. I pull up, this is gonna be my first run-in. 
and he's in his car facing the opposite on the opposite side of the street and anytime this was the way he did it before when i pull up he would then get out of his car and act like he was going to do something in order to talk to me or he waits and watches me walk across the street and wants to wave it like he's so freaking creepy okay and i pull up the guy took off so fast it was like crazy and part of it was probably like it's almost like it was his anger like it was like he tried to intimidate but yet he ran at the same time because he did it quickly the way he did it and why it hit me funny because if the spirit was really not afraid right now and was going to intimidate here's what he would have done to intimidate me stayed parked while i walked across the street and just watched me that's what it would have done um and i know that and i i just know it that's how it would have played played that like way of like manipulating doing so the fact he ran i was like uh-oh, God, what God had been telling me that, that, that this was a wolf with his tail between his legs. He does not want a run-in with me. He is very avoidant of me and he because he thinks I'm a, I think it, I just think something's going on because he's not doing his natural way that the spirit would do it. He's not doing it to me. So I'm like, oh man. So God, God told me, you know, you're going to get something to submit under, under you and it's, and it's going to be from a woman that he would never imagine because he takes women. So then the next thing that happens is I was so scared to be home. Yes, like yesterday, just feeling and so anticipating the nighttime and what he would do. And I hear him get into the garage at 5.55 exactly, which is crazy. That's very interesting to me for the prophetic understanding of five is grace. But um, that's just, God just talks to me in weird ways so that I can like see, see through. So he gets into the garage, 5.55. And I'm just thinking he's getting his tools out the night before. I and but I didn't want to really believe it because I still felt afraid that he was going to do it on purpose to to not submit to what I've requested. And to, then he didn't do it this morning. He got the tools out the night before. If people know, I know that sounds really stupid, but it's a big deal. It meant he submitted to me. Ah, I feel it when I say it. He he listened, and that's for a dude like this. You he would not do that. He's avoidant of me now. He got his tools out the night before. So this to me, I was like, uh-oh, Moira, we're going to have a podcast today because <laughs> this means something's flipping. It means it's submitting. It means something. I'm shutting this crap down on this dude. The next thing that's going to happen, he's going to get busted. And I believe God needs me to see it because because this is so hugely spiritual, what's taking place of the shift, he's going to let me see it. And it's going to be mind blowing when people hear what happened. I don't know. I just get that. I just know. I just know how there's something that this is going to, this is going to play out. So now, ugh, now I'm going to go to the scripture and I'm like, good Lord, if I'm already talked this long, this is going to be such, this is because it's a lot of scripture. So let's just see what God has. Here's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to talk about Isaiah 36. Now, I'm going to talk slow because there might be a lot of information in this. Let me try to explain explain it. Okay. I am in a part of Isaiah where Isaiah is a prophet to King Hezekiah. Okay. King Hezekiah. Now, um, like I said before, when I talked about all the kings in another podcast, it's really good to get a diagram of the northern and southern kingdom to understand this because I'm going to refer to both kingdoms. I... Uh, um, I would hope enough people at this point of listening to the the detail I go into would understand the separation of the kingdoms because I don't want to explain that. But you had two kingdoms. You had the northern and you had the southern kingdom. Hezekiah was in the southern kingdom 
And he was a very, very, very righteous king. I mean, this guy, he was very obedient. He had a ton of favor on him. Um, and he fought, he followed in the ways of God. And that's, that's, that's what you see the crazy favor of this. Because what you had in the northern kingdom was, um, what's, nay, nay, let me look it up real quick. The northern kingdom, when they get taken in, oh, no, 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 no. Never mind. Sorry. It was King, um, well, it's, it was, it's pronounced Hosea, I believe. Um, and he was very, he was evil. He was an evil king in the northern kingdom. And he gets, they get taken by Assyria. Assyria, Assyria takes this kingdom a few years before this thing I'm going to refer to in Isaiah happens to King Hezekiah. Does that make sense? Assyria invaded, and that's when the northern kingdom ends. There's no other kings after that. So they get taken completely and a lot of that, I guarantee you, was retribution, or is that the word, uh, for Ahab and Jezebel. They were the main, the most evilest, evilest king. And it was in that kingdom. And, you know, his evil played out through a lot. And they played out, but that's because Jezebel tied to both kingdoms. I really believe this. I believe this is what is in the spirit. And there was so much evil that took place in different kings that followed this thing of idolatry and stuff like this. So the northern kingdom gets completely, completely taken. I feel like there, there was more holy kings in the southern kingdom but i could be wrong but that's what it appears there's definitely more obedience in the southern kingdom than the northern kingdom so the southern kingdom gets the threat of assyria the king the assyrian king moving in on hezekiah it's already a different king of assyria already took the northern kingdom okay so this is where i'm going to go with this so at this point you have the next one that i I actually Googled how to pronounce this, <laughs> which I never do. I Googled the, the YouTube to hear, and I'm probably going to still say it wrong. King Sennacherib. I guarantee I said that. Do you remember how they said it? Was it, Did I do it? Okay. Sennacherib. Sennacherib. Something like that. Sennacherib. Sennacherib. Um, that is the now king of Assyria that's sending a threat to King Hezekiah of the southern kingdom threatening to take power and here's what's very interesting Assyria was so strong then they had way bigger armies and they were defeating everyone indeed they just defeated the northern kingdom okay so he, this king this king Sennacherib he's coming in with complete power and control like he just he's so confident in himself and here's what I'm going to explain you're going to see the strategies of the spirit in king Sennacherib this is going to blow people up you're going to see exactly what I explain Jezebel does. This king tries to do to a holy um, king, Hezekiah. And one of the reasons is because Hezekiah would not pay tribute to him. Okay? And this is the thing. Like, the, these, the, the people, they're so prideful and, like, full of themselves and want things out of narcissism. I cannot wait to see your kingdom fall that you've got in your power for as long as you did. Because when God comes in, he comes in. And this is such a good story. And when I heard it yesterday, oh, my God, the Holy Spirit, I was getting so hit. I was just like, oh, this is when Jesus, God comes in. And it ain't, it ain't cute. Um, so because here's why God came in. Hezekiah was pure. That's why. Because I promise you, if this Assyrian king moved in and it was another um, king of the northern kingdom, Assyria would have taken him. The favor of God would not have been on it at this level to kill, to, to destroy, to destroy the enemy the way he did in this thing. So, so this is what you have. So what I'm going to read a few, I'm going to read some of the threats the king Sennacherib 
gives to Hezekiah because of this. And you're going to see this is literally the types of things that the spirit that I was trying to explain will do when it's to keep power, do whatever. So he start. he sends, what he does is he's sending um, messages to King Hezekiah, threatening messages, okay? So I'm in Isaiah 36, 5. And let me tell you something about the story of King Hezekiah. He's in three parts. So he's in 2 Chronicles 30 and he's in 2 Kings 18. Um, if you want to know the whole story, but Isaiah totally tells a whole story, but a few things may have been left out. Um, but I want to read it out of Isaiah because the judgment of God and the power of God in his hand on Israel is, is in the book of Isaiah, so crazy. So I, I want to, because I know this is releasing it out for this to take place. So Isaiah 36, 5, this is a message that he's sending. Okay. He goes, do you think that mere words can substitute for military skill and strength? Who are you counting on that you have rebelled against me? Okay. So he's, he's threatening King Hezekiah. Do you understand my military, my skill, what I can do? Then he go down to seven. He goes, but perhaps you will say to me, we are trusting in the Lord our God, but isn't he the one who was insulted by Hezekiah? Didn't Hezekiah tear down his shrines and altars and make everyone in Judah and Jerusalem worship only at the altar here in Jerusalem? This is so interesting. Let me talk about that text right there. What he what he tries to do, that's manipulation. Let me explain why. Hezekiah did tear down the multiple shrines um, that were built as altars to God. Here's why. Because the obedience on Hezekiah was that there was only to be one place of worship to Yahweh, okay? So he was being obedient to God, but because pagans, in the way that other nations did things, there were multiple idols, there were multiple altars, there were multiple things that they do. So he's literally flipping that Hezekiah did something insulting to God. Like, this is manipulation. This is manipulation. And then using on him his obedience against him. Okay? This is so, this is, this is what the freaking, okay. This is one of the things I try to explain the spirit will do it to intimidate, to manipulate, to mess with somebody. And they'll use, they will use God when they do it. Okay? So then he goes down to eight. He goes, I'll tell you what, strike a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you 2,000 horses if you can find that many men to ride on them. So then here you have another, another strategy, like another way. Here's what I'm going to do to get what I want. Here's what I'm going to do. I want you to submit. Here's what I'm going to do. So then he, he goes down to 10. I'm going to read that one. What more do you think we have invaded your land without the Lord's direction? The Lord himself told us, attack this land and destroy it. Now, from my understanding, because that was interesting to me, because there were a few different ways I read that this was being explained. It was either a misinterpretation of the word of Isaiah gave towards the northern kingdom with Assyria or something or something to that. But what's crazy, they use God again. They use God. They use that it's the word of God. Like if people get, get this, man, this is like so good that God is biblically exposing what people are doing with him and pro falsely prophet, um, prophesying. Um. Number 15, then he's going to go back to blas to blaspheming God and intimidation. Don't let him fool you into trusting in the Lord by saying, the Lord will surely rescue us. The city will never fall into the hands of the Assyrian king. So what he's saying, he's actually saying this to the people like under the kingdom or something like this, like saying, don't be fooled in trusting the Lord. By saying, there's no way this will happen. God will rescue me. They replied, this is what God was telling me. And the spirit was trying to do to me. 
the spirit realm is trying to blaspheme that God is not going to come in like a crazy and he's, that he's not faithful to his word because God is the one who used me to confront this man. Yet I was so afraid that he was going to do back to me in response what the spirit does through the, and I was in obedience. So it was like traumatizing me like, God, you did this. I'm so afraid. And that's what the spirit realm was trying to do. It was trying to blaspheme God's faithfulness and his word over one's life. And that's what the spirit will do. And it does it through the prophetic. It does it through manipulative relationships. It'll do it through things that move in on you and makes you feel like you didn't hear God. God's not, you, you're, you're going to lose everything. Like it literally will t- intimidate. And so God, God is showing me the spirit. And what's so crazy is all I was doing was playing this in the background. And this God just, he's so, uh, so interesting how he just tells me like through his word like this. Okay. Then he keeps going on. Do not listen. So they're saying, don't listen to Hezekiah. So this king is yelling this. So then he's blaspheming the leadership of a godly king. Get this, people? Do you understand the spirit realm right now? Do you understand that people in the spirit realm, demons are bla- will blaspheme things about me all the time? That either like I'm weird, that I don't have a public, mi- I'm weird, I've been sick all year and I say it's my healing. I'm weird that, you know, I whip my head. I'm weird that I talk about demons and demons tell people that to keep them from me because I can bring you freedom through the word of God. That's literally, it's a blaspheming thing in the spirit that happens to people that get around me. I see it happen all the time. It tries to de- defame me and I see people get weird thoughts towards me and say weird. To- and then what's crazy is then when I come in and I'm going to get you crazy delivered and prophesy some stuff over you all of a sudden people start looking at me a little differently they're like and if they just understood you are literally dealing with the opposition in the spirit realm to the word of god that's what that is if you don't like me it's a demon dude <laughs> i try to say that all the time like get over the thoughts of my personality or what i do how aggressive whatever it is literally it's a spirit that defames the word of god because i'm speaking something out in truth so there, so he's telling him, don't listen to Hezekiah. So he, so literally, this king is trying to put complete fear on the entire kingdom to come under him and submit, so he can take the kingdom. This is so good. So then, he, then, then he says it. He number eighteen. He goes more. Oh no, wait, is that? Did I? No, don't let Hezekiah mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us. Have the gods of any other nation ever saved their people from the king, um, Assyria? Like, listen to how freaking manipulative this, like this, this guy is to flip the minds, to fear something and not trust God. Then he goes, what happened to the gods of Hamath and Arpad? And, you know, I'm making those words up. And what about the gods of Sepharvaim? <laughs> ah, whatever. Uh, did, and then the next one, did any God rescue Samaria from my power? Samaria was the northern kingdom. So he threatens also with, look what I just did to the northern kingdom. You, They can't win. And that God did not help that kingdom. Imagine that intimidation and threat. Like if you're, if you're, a, you're a king of God, like you, might want, you might get scared, right? Can you believe? How can God do this? How's God going to do this? How's God going to do the most powerful kingdom at this time? Taking out all these other kingdoms has just taken out the other kingdom of Israel. What's this king going to do to believe and know that God's faithful? So we have to watch. And watch his obedience his submission and so 21 but the people were silent and don't utter a word back because hezekiah has commanded them do not answer him so here's what's awesome this is a strategy that i explained you don't engage and come under when this happens and look at that hezekiah doesn't just doesn't let him respond so he's not going to go 
threaten. He's not going to go do. He's not going to let him respond. And here's what's interesting. Let me let me bring some up. The way God had me navigate what this man did to me, and how he walked it out. He had he used strategic ways through the power in the Word of God that were the same similar strategies you'll see this sometimes flip into. And here's what I mean by this. When I explained God had me be literally what Jesus says, sly as a snake, soft as a dove. When in the in Matthew, there's a text that Jesus says, you're going to go out as sheep amongst wolves, meaning you are going to come in contact with some evil. And he tells them that stuff. And he, and he explains, at times, you're going to need to be a snake. And that's what I keep explaining. The church is going to come into a time where we are a snake. We are aware. We are discerning. We are, we are strong. We stand up for the word of God. We are not um, mediocre, lukewarm. You throw your life in and you give it to him and you stand for him. You don't let power take over because you get in a high place in ministry. You let God take over, not power, God. And, uh, and, and, and under, um, under that purified word of God, he had me move in anger and, and judgment by yelling at the guy. That was anger. That was God's anger. <laughs> you know, that when I did, when the other one, when I debunked uh, Love Thy Neighbor, it's like literally, it's that, it's, it, this is like the perfect example of how we have to understand God's word in fullness because that situation was kill thy neighbor. That situation was God releasing judgment. He was not okay with this man and what he was attempting to do to me. And God was going to do it through my mouth. So that was the first strategy. Then he had me be soft. In another way to the roommate, I was super like, I so I charmed her. So he had me move in to charm on her. And I just, and it's not that I was manipulative. I was nice. I was friendly. I invited her in. I talked to her personal. I did it in a very way that I was like, I'm good with you, but this man is no longer allowed to talk to me. I need him to leave me alone. He's made me feel unsafe. And so, and so God had me in that. And then the other way he used the same strategy that this spirit will use, but he used it through purified word, was that when the guy tried to not stop by getting into the garage and his roommate texted me that I didn't respond to her here you go Hezekiah commanded do not respond that is a strategy and if you understand that that's a strategy that will be used by the devil to intimidate at times and scare God will flip it for good if you understand what you're working with and you do it through him and that's what God started showing me God showed me I literally let you use the similar strategies that they were that this has been used on you and that's why you shut it down that's why it came under and it's submitting is because it was under his spirit. And that's what we're going to see take place. When judgment hits and God comes in, he needs the obedient to be obedient, have no idolatry, be submitted to the word, the prophetic to be purified, to always do things for him and not yourself. You have to be in that place. And we get in that place, just watch his hand move and what he does. And there may be scary things, sufferings in it. But man, when God, God teaches you through his word, you learn him like that. It, it's just going to change. It's going to change your life, the way you live. You're going to go, oh man, I could never have an idol above him. The reason I don't have idols, people, is literally I have had so much stuff happen to me in my life. It's kept me on my knees because I'm always in need of God. I've always been in need of God. No man could give me what God gives me. 
no family member, no friend. They can't do what he does for me. And people just don't know him like that. You have to know that he does what other people will never do. The security of thinking you need a relationship or the, the security that you need this person, the idolatry, the idea behind that is because you haven't learned that God can do everything above any human being. His power is beyond your mind. And when you haven't learned that, you will have an idol in your life. That's why it's okay to go through a fire to find out the power of God and who he is. Because at that point, you're, you're going to look at things like the way I look. And I accepted it from God because I'm blown away by his power, what he does through my appearance in that moment. And I have to be like, this is God. You know, really messed with me in the beginning because it's been embarrassing and it's a dramatic movement. My head whipping, and I was scared it was a demon. To be honest, like I didn't know what was happening to me. I did actually think it was a demon. I went to a couple uh, deliverance ministries, <laughs> and people knew the real story behind my head whipping. You'd actually understand why I'm so confident about it. And then I make fun of it, and that like I'm not embarrassed anymore of, of what I do because what I went through because of it. Because I never wanted like. To, to look this way I don't I think people who would who would want that are twisted people in the charismatic that think power needs to look and be displayed and that makes them accessible to a demon doing it to him like that's what it does so I I don't want I was I've been so like I was so embarrassed by what happened to me there's no way it can be infiltrated and I have to just let God do what he does and when you get to that place with God where you let like he's he it, he goes beyond your mind he doesn't make sense he really messes he'll mess with you when he when you get to to know him like that and like it's okay like it's okay get out of your theology like get out of it get out of your doctrine get out of your your 30 minute reading the bible in the morning seriously get out of it and get on your knees just get on your flipping knees and be okay be okay to be tested and tried so that you know him okay all right all right okay I'm going to go to now chapter 37. So Hezekiah, like at that point, freaks out. Of course. I mean, he, 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 uh, he, uh, they deliver, um, after King Hezekiah, this is verse five. Okay. This is what Isaiah responds to what King Hezekiah tells him is happening. And, and sends this back to King Hezekiah. It says, the prophet replied, say to your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be disturbed by this blasphemous speech against from the Assyrian king's messengers. Listen, I myself will move against him. <laughs> I'm shaking. And the king will receive a message that he is needed at home. Here's so interesting. One of the ways... Like, this is a straight up crazy, like, this happened, the, 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 he got a message and had to leave. Sennacherib gets one. This happens, okay? And I think it's like to Egypt. I don't know if this was Egypt. What was it? I don't remember. But this, so he just, he'd literally say, there's going to be, you're going to see this happen. You're going to see this, like, take place. So then he keeps, so he will return to his land where I will have him killed with a sword, Okay. This is really good. Meanwhile, the Assyrian chief of staff left Jerusalem and went to consult the king of Assyria, who has left. Um, oh, I don't. Hold on. Let me go down. Um, oh, yeah. So they then another message. So they're continuing to send messages back to Hezekiah, still trying to intimidate. So this is the next one on number 10. 
37 to 10. This message is for King Hezekiah of Judah. Do, do, don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you with promises that Jerusalem will not be captured by the king of Assyria. This is like amazing explaining what the spirit did, tries to defame and make people not believe God's faithful. And God was literally like, you were, you've been dealing with this and watch what I do when someone tries to blaspheme me and the spirit tries to say I'm not faithful. Number 11, you know perfectly well what the kings of Assyria have done wherever they have gone. They have completely destroyed everyone that stood in their way. Why should you be any different? This is so intimidation. It's like amazing. This is great. Okay, number 14. After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers, he went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. So he, he goes straight to God. People... He goes straight to God, the most, you know, the, the most righteous king. There's only one place in scripture that God had an issue with him. When God gave him 15 extra years of his life, he, he killed him of a deadly disease, gave him 15 extra years. And he, God didn't like his, that his response was not as grateful and he got prideful and, and, and God got mad and something happened. I forget what the, I think that's in second Chronicles and Hezekiah immediately humbled himself and God's favor all came back in and he had tons of riches. He had favor on his kingdom. He had wealth. He was taken care of by God and because of his obedience and in the way that he did, did, did what he did in his life. So um, I mean, he cleaned out all the idolatry in the nation. And that's what we need in leadership right now. Leaders like th th that are going to clean out all idolatry and stop feeding idols to people through your lust, through the way you like power, through the prophetic. Stop prophesying lustful things to people. Stop. Stop it, people. Okay, for like... Okay, now, I, let me stay on this. I'm going 20 million. He weighed it out before God. Number 16, O Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, you are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone, God, are the kingdom. So he's worshiping him. He's saying this is who you are. He's standing before him and he's claiming this. And right now in the spirit, this is what we're, we're, we're taking place. The righteous stand up. Like people here in this righteous that are benefiers that are dealing with this thing who are specifically, no, they're in what I'm calling out, like walking out in, in, in that time, understanding it. You call out and you declare who he is. You don't blaspheme him. You don't question him. You don't think he's there to hurt. You stand in his word. You stand in it. And this is what he did. You alone, king of the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. As it is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations, and they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course, the Assyrians could could destroy them they were not gods at all only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands now O lord our god rescue us from his power then the kingdoms of the earth will know you alone O lord our god here's what i see with that hezekiah knows what idolatry is he knew what idolatry was and he knew the power of god and when we have leaders we have people who know who god is and they recognize idolatry because they're submitted to god and they have a righteous heart before him and we get this idolatry and corruption that is used the word of God out of the church. Now Isaiah predicts what's going to happen. The Lord has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in der derision as you flee. 
Oh, God's laughing at him. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom do you look with such haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. (laughs) Now, he he says a lot of stuff, but because I don't, I'm trying to skip through and just make points. I want to go to number 26. But have you not heard? I decided a long time ago, long time ago, I planned it. And now I'm making it happen. I planned for you to crush fortified cities and to keep of rubble. So he's he's saying this word. He's saying this word. Um, probably this is to, to Hezekiah. Um, this is why their people have so little power and are so frightened and confused. They are weak as grass, easily trampled in tender shoots. Okay. Number 20. Eight, but I know you well, where you stay and when you come and go. I know the way you've raged against me. And because of your raging against me, your arrogance, which I have heard for myself, I will put a hook in your nose and a bit in your mouth. And I will make you return by the same road in which you came. <laughs> and then go down to 33. And this is what the Lord says about King. Um, hold on, hold on a second. I think I got that right. Like That was the word. Because he prayed about the king. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Number 33. And this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. His armies will not enter Jerusalem. They will not even shoot an arrow at it. They will not march outside its gates and their shields nor build banks of earth against its walls. The king will return to his own country by the same road in which he came. He will not enter the city, says the Lord. For my own honor, for the sake of my servant David, I defend the city and I will protect it. That night, the angel of the Lord, one angel went out and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. When surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere. Oh, God, that's so awesome. So he doesn't even do it through Hezekiah's army. Hezekiah was not even involved was not even involved if people understood the power of God. What really jacks with you in, in, in the book of Isaiah, well, a lot of the Old Testament is the sovereignty of God. Like it really does. Like it really messes with you when it comes to like the sovereignty of God teaching like Calvinism and versus more Arminian theology. Like it really messes with you because you you literally have where God's hardening hearts. He's making Israel blind. And I mean, and I mean, there's so many things that are obviously total free will by the evil that came in. So you can like prove the free will there and prove like these, these, and it's, and again, it's not that Calvinists don't believe in free will. They, 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 they hate that debate. They would hate the debate when you say it's against free will. They don't agree. They are always going to say, we believe in free, it's free will. God is just sovereign of everything coming out to this end point and, and he uses the devil to do it. The devil has no power. But like, that's really like what more of it is, but it really will mess with you when you actually see the level of sovereignty. But if you take it through a balanced thing that, oh, God's not just like, oh, everything in your life is like this little puppet, puppeted thing. So you have no power of the of, of your prayer life. You have no power in your, your things that you do in spiritual warfare. Like that's what it can shift into if you get too hardcore that. But you got to take the word of God and he isn't, he's got all the power. That's just what, just what I just, he has all the power. He can do what he wants. And I totally felt because I was so intimidated understanding how God Like, if this man has already been able to look in my windows, if he's been able to push on me for three years, of course there's fears when I've had happen to me what's happened to me with a man. And it's not that I am afraid this guy would hurt me or touch me. It's I I know that's not 
possible. Like, I don't want, I didn't want my dad's gun. It wasn't like that, like that I actually needed and felt like that something could happen. It was that literally in the spirit realm to feel it to that level, but also see it like go as far as that. It makes you be like, a little nervous of what could happen. You know what I'm saying? Like people, and it's like, well, but I know the word of God and I've seen God do really crazy stuff for me. So, so to understand that I, I totally felt like I heard God literally say, if that, if he really did try to come near you, I would kill him instantly. <laughs> and I honestly think that there's proof of that in scripture, like that he would see, he could send an angel in and do crazy crap to this man. And the, and the, and the fact that I felt like I, I, I'm going to, Okay, okay, so that kind of ended. But, okay, I'm going to hop into something. Because, okay, I'm going to talk about the, explain the destruction of people aligned with the spirit. What's going to happen in claps. And I'm going to give the example of my ex, my crazy ex that everyone hears about. But because he was Satan, he's the best, best one to use examples of what happened. So he, when he was stalking me still, when I moved out of the state, because it was so bad what he could do, I had to get out of the state. And I left for almost five years. He still stalked me for two years um, when I was in the, when I was there. And then he did it when I would come home. Like for, um, like listen to this crazy story. People want to hear a freaking crazy story. One time I was on summer break because I was in, went to Bible school out there and I came home and he did not know I was in California and my dad's house is close to him because it's in Irvine. I was staying at my dad's house for the summer. And uh, I was sitting on my couch reading the Bible and all of a sudden get this feel, uh, get a thought. I wanted to go develop this film at Walgreens. It was an old camera of my sister's I found. And I just was like, man, I just want to, I want to go do, I shut the Bible. I jump up and go to Walgreens. Well, guess who was at Walgreens? The guy, my ex, was in the aisle at Walgreens, and I walked by him, and he chased me out of Walgreens, cornered me, and stalked me the entire summer. And that's like if people understood the spirit realm, they're people. If you get how it works, does, can people not get mind blown by that? And me and my friend were talking about this the other day because she was bringing up like the protection that was on you that summer how God like protected you when he was showing up. I was in an outpatient rehab to get off a certain medication. He was meeting with my therapist and going into the same meetings and cornering me. I had to get rushed out the back of this facility by a security guard through a back elevator because I said, this guy's stalking me and he's in here right now. And to my car, like people, my, my I have the crazy story with, and these are just a few stories. Whenever, if people heard how many I have of like what this man did to me, like it was so crazy. And I, yet there was such a stupid protection on me. Like he never was able to do anything. So if we understand the devil can threaten it can just threaten you and it can put fear in you and make you feel like you're never gonna you're never gonna get away. It has so much power and 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 when God's judgment and you reap what you sow. So here's the crazy thing. He ended up actually getting into medical school and was doing stuff to me still from medical school. And I don't he lived so far away too. And he was still he still was that psychotic. And here you have like a guy that looks so like established in this, and it was that controlled by a demon. Like people, our eyes get open to this stuff. You will be blown, 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 blown away by by some of the things that are behind people's actions. So what happens is he starts to back off me after two years. I went silent on him. So here's, I use what God showed me is in scripture, a, a, a strategy 
and I couldn't respond. So he was doing still horrible stuff. I was meeting with detectives. I was pressing charges in Tulsa, but because they don't have the money to do anything in California, they told me just continue to um, fill out a report every time he does something to you and we'll have them documented. So that's what I would do, but I would stay silent. So I would never answer his phone calls. I wouldn't, he'd break into my stuff. Like he'd break into any thing of accounts that I had any phone accounts any phone numbers I called he called all of them and talked to and kept control of my I have no idea how I did that people I don't know I've never exp even explained that level of, of this guy's power he could figure out every phone number I changed within the same day even when I had it under a fake name and a prepaid phone he called it the same day that's the I don't understand how he did it um people police officers I think thought maybe he put something on my I don't remember what people people were like how on earth is he and I don't know how he did it he had access to everything even when I called a domestic abuse hotline and talked to a lawyer he knew who I called and called him he got the phone numbers and called and contacted me and said you contacted domestic you, people knew <laughs> it was insane it made no sense how he was doing it so he could break into any account I had and then would threaten to like put photos of me out like he just would try to do crazy stuff to me and scare me um and so one of the things was that he would he would break into all my accounts. And so when he finally started backing off, um, stuff wouldn't happen as bad, but there were still weird things that he would do. And so when I moved back to California, this was right before my ministry started. So of course he was the main thing in power that was used against me because I had tied to him so bad. So I start having weird things happen. I think it was on Facebook. So I couldn't have social media for years because of what he did. And then I finally got it, I think when I was out in Tulsa. Um, and he, what did he do? Okay, so weird stuff started happening on, on Facebook. And I think that I started thinking he what figured out I was back or I don't know but one of my clients because I was a hairstylist at the time was a private investigator and uh, I contacted her and told her and she knew that I, I had been um, stalked by this man and so when I told her you know I'm, I'm thinking some she like did all this work for me for free figured out everything about him and um, it's funny as I actually worked for her <laughs> Did you know that? I did a little private investigating things for her through uh, social media because I'm really good at figuring things out about people because I was stalked so bad. So I've turned, I've learned how to be creepy as well because that's happened to me. So I can figure things out about people like in a really weird way. And so she actually hired me to do certain things on social media and figure stuff out. And I did, I did actually figure some stuff out of fake profiles of people she was investigating. And anyways, but yeah. Okay, so she gets all this information on him everything now that's taken place and she so she contacts me she goes she goes sarah i cannot believe this type of man you this guy was she goes he has multiple names i didn't even know that he changed legally changed his name and you know why i guarantee he did it to get into medical school his family was hiding all his uh, records that's why they came after me about the a restraining order is because because they wanted him to get a medical school you can't I mean you know this you can't have stuff on your record so he changed his freaking name and also what he did is he went and got the like the whatever he did when he applied to medical school he got I think the reports from San Diego where he had been a student so he hid that he had gone to jail I think in LA or something yeah like the literally this, this is the power that this family was doing to get him where they wanted him which was a, su a successful doctor and so they're lying they're doing all this crazy stuff to get him and the family was behind it the family helped legally change his name another thing he had a different age 
And I and and I originally figured that out. He originally lied to me about his age and said he was a year older. So weird. And I found his license one time, and I was like, and he lo- lost it and made up the craziest story to me. He said that like his parents lied about his age because of something within their religion. Yeah, like a really weird. I mean, he never would admit that he lied. Like he was that deceptive that he would jack with your head. So she finds out there's all these charges against him at this point. And there was one charge that he tried to steal a car in Florida. <laughs> this was what, this actually hit me funny. I was like, guess you're not in med school anymore, buddy. <laughs> like he got busted for stealing a car. Like he's not in med school. The guy is has been in jail a lot. So it looks and appeared, she goes, it looks like whatever's happened to him, he's ended up back in Orange County, but he has multiple charges she even said something was up against with the, a da district attorney and or was one was in one of whatever was one of his like um not lawsuits but when you're going up in court like you're, you're charged with something he was charged with all these things and i think most of it was drugs paraphernalia and i'm sure doing just like crazy stuff but um it looks, she's like, I don't see him incarcerated right now, but he might be on like house arrest. And she's like, Sarah, this is like, I can't, this man, he's so, this is so bad. Like everything. So she gives me everything to the attorneys involved. So I have all that information and I kept it because it was like my backup if he does anything, like he has so many legal issues. And so God started showing me like, even though you didn't see him publicly get hung like Hammond on his, in his own gallows with Esther. God showed me that today about when he when he hangs an enemy. Uh, and um, you may have not seen it, but if you knew, you knew this what has happened, I don't even know if he's alive. I don't. I don't know at this point. He may be dead. And I think that he was got so taken over by the devil. I do know I saw a picture of him years later and he looked like a different guy. His It looked like his spine was contorted. So his shoulders were, and this is literally like three years after what he did to me, he looked like a different person. And I was like, holy crap, the devil was eating him up. Ugh, God, ugh, ugh. Because here's a crazy thing he would do. People are gonna be blown away. They're gonna be like, "How? why did you date this guy? It's so weird because I'm a pastor's daughter and I very like knew God and loved him. But I was like, I think I just was so blind and taken in. He had a lot of money from gambling. And he told me one time that the devil's angel told him what to bet on in Vegas on some game and won thousands and thousands of dollars. Okay, so this is crazy. He literally had that much power of a demon over him that he could uh, he could gamble like nobody's business, poker. And he could read cards. It was, it was demonic. And what it was doing was feeding him. Because if he had wealth, he had more power. So if you understand how the devil actually can be so strategic in taking control of a person and feeding its lusts and giving it power, giving you power. Like he had a foreknowledge to where to gamble, where to place bets, how to do things like that. Literally people, if you understand the evil in this world, if we understood the evil in this world and to understand that this, this, this strategy thing is coming crashing down and we're going to see the craziest thing. So God started, God started telling me, you may not, but you're going to know. Like he, he, he lost everything. He did not get success. He, he came under whatever has taken complete power of his life. I don't know if he's alive. I don't know if he's incarcerated at this point. And, uh, and, and, and God's just showing me, this is when the enemy hangs on the enemy for, for when God's judgment comes in and we need to stand and believe it for ourselves. And another thing you look at, you look at Esther and Mordecai. People should know this story. Mordecai is Esther's uncle. When she's in 
Persia with King Xerxes, and she's going to marry him. God, this is the big redemptive story how God set up um, saving the Jews, and Haman is under Xerxes' kingdom and is planning to kill. I think Mordecai, who's the Jew, who's the uncle, hang him on gallows. He makes the gallows for it. Comes around <laughs> that the king, the king finds out the betrayal of Haman. Finds out what Mordecai actually did for for the king, and he goes and hangs Haman on his own gallows. When Haman was thinking that he was going to get this great honor from the king, and this is just like the word of God coming to pass. Like it's so mind blowing when you understand when God moves in and pure, pure, on pure people, what He's going to do to the, for the judgment of things that are injustices in your life injustices that are happening in the church of leadership to the children of God, the injustices. Do we know we're about to see a lot of Hammonds get hung on gallows? This is what we're about to see, people. And this word's going out. Judgment is about to hit the freaking fan because the spirit is losing its power. It's going to go. It's going to expose itself. It's going to do this. And so and so we're, we're, we're watching this. We're watching this play out. And, and you got to stand and just and stand and believe and defend God's word and honor over your life. Defend that he is faithful, meaning stand up and and and, and pray it out his faithfulness. Like this is what God's literally like showing me. You you believe it before you see it. Say believe it before you see it. Everything I've been speaking through by myself with no result, no no big thing from it. It's actually been painful to do this. Like, it's because God's saying, you're speaking out the things to shift. You're speaking out marriage coming. You're speaking out promises. You're speaking out the shift of your ministry. You're speaking out what I have placed on your life because you align with my word. And God always tells me, I need you to live higher. Meaning, I need you to see above things. Like, you need to have faith to see things and trust me. I need you to live like that so that you're always found in me. Wherever I take you, wherever you go, whatever you do, you are always found in me and know me to that level that you see things and you believe me to be that who I say I am. And so that's what God's calling me to do because he said he's healing my body and I've been sick as a dog for a month still. Uh, and he said he's healing me. So here's what, I, what, I, what I'm doing. I am standing on his word. I'm going to speak this out even though it's hard. It's the opposite of everything. It's, been, it's made me feel like I've lost my physical health. I don't even have a ministry. I don't feel, I don't sleep and I lost the safety of my home. And I felt pressed in on on all ends. You don't if you don't have physical health to even deal with mental torment, it's like double whammy. So you're literally you physically to endure when you're, I've been very very sick to my stomach for 4 weeks now. Um and this is what would happen to me during what was God was showing me that he was healing me. And that's not going to make sense to me. We have to go back to prayer podcast and what I teach on healing and what God said he was doing to my doing to my body of cleansing it out of trauma. And it was going to make me feel not good. But then when I'm when it happens, I'm so have a body flip over. God. And I saw his word come to pass in February. Here's what's crazy. When I said I think I said this. In February, I, re- I released a word and talked about how God gave me a dream and about my healing and in two days, that it was going to happen in two days. And it actually happened. And I said that was the most mind-blowing thing to me because I've never had gotten a direct word from God at that level over my 
life in a dream and it came to pass for me instantly. Now I've had stuff like that come to pass when it's for other people that I pick up something in the spirit, a word about something. I've never had it happen for me and God never talks to me directly through a dream. Like he talks in symbolism and that's all over scripture. People of dreams there, a lot of high, if they're hot, like I get a lot of, high, I mean, I pick up stuff about government. I pick up stuff about Jezebel. So they are going to be extremely, extremely symbolic. Why is that? Because when you, God speaks where you find him in it, where you trust and find him and find that his mind is above our minds. His, his knowledge, his ways are above human ways. So to, when he speaks like that, that's, so when he, I got a direct word, I, and I was like, oh, this is just to keep me to have faith for something. This is not going to happen in two days. I said that. Remember, I said that to you. I said that publicly about this. And then I was like, and then it happened. I was so flipped out. <laughs> what happened was the healing and my life changed completely for a week. <laughs> so he, he showed me a sign of the promise. That's what that was. He'll give a glimpse of the promise. Like you literally had the angels visit Sarah and say a year later, this is going to happen. It was, it was a sign because they waited so long. They were waiting for this promise for so long. Sarah was so old. It was so hard to believe that, 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 that I know I, I have like a similar thing to that Sarah in the spirit. <laughs> God always gives me Hebrews eleven eleven that talks about that. Even though she was past childbearing years, she received the promise because she believed him to be faithful. People believe him to be faithful. And there are signs to promises. There are signs to things. And when something like this to a level of healing that God was doing just between me and him, he, he, it's been hard. And, but he's saying, believe my word. So he gives me that that dream happens for seven days and then I prove my point I went into a poop show everything flipped on me after seven I proved my original point was if God gave me a completely detailed word to that level in a dream it meant I had to have faith Ugh. So he gave me a glimpse to hold on to. This is going to happen for your body. I had so much energy. I was feeling amazing. I, I was really happy. I was in a great mood. And I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm like a new person. I've never felt like this in my life. And then everything, everything turned. And it's been so hard. And, and I go, yep. See, I, I knew it. I told you with the prophetic word of God. It's because he's faithful. He is good. He's faithful. He's faithful. Um, and, and he he always, he always loves us so much. He just, you're going to go into a little bit of a poop show. And I'm going to just show you that and give you a glimpse of this. And so, and I promise, seriously, it makes me want to cry. I say, I've been holding on to it so bad. I want to see it happen. It makes me want to cry. I'm just so exhausted. I can't wait for, I can't wait for this this flip to happen. And so to find, to know that, that, that God is faithful, to go back to the things in your life and say he stepped in here he's faithful here he's good go back to the fact he created you how about that if you don't have a big testimony of his power in your life go back to the fact that he molded you and he put you together oh 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 ah. and now i'm just gonna i think i'm gonna speak this word out and close this isaiah 54 because this is what jesus is on the thing of the this coming for people Isaiah 54, sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth, break into loud and joyful songs, O Jerusalem, for you have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children, for the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. God is symbolically talking what they are to declare for Israel was to come to pass. He's saying, this is my word. You are to live as if you've never had a child and get ready to see all the promises in my hand move in. Now, what can we do with this? I'm going to say, how do we apply this? We apply it by looking at that God is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his work and he does not fail. So, so you stand in this 
So he even tells him, enlarge your house. This is symbolic. Like he's saying, enlarge your house. Build on an addition. Get ready. Spare no expense. For you soon will be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle in ruined cities. Now, this probably prophecy has not come true. I don't think so. I don't know. I'd have to do more understanding. Because you had that Israel lost everything. That's the end point. This this stuff has not fully come to pass for Israel. So, um, okay. Um, number four, fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There's no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood. There's people in ministry that are hidden. There's people's lives who are called that are going to be the Isaiah's, the Jeremiah's that are going to come out of left field and help purify this thing. And there's a shaming that's been going on in the spirit. And it's trying to shame what they're doing. It's trying to make things look weird because we're going to go against the grain. It's flipping the grain. What people and leaders, the new leadership coming in, we're going to be called to flip the grain. And we're coming in with a word. It's to flip the grain. So there's a shaming. And I have felt it, dude. I just felt it because my life's so weird. And I feel people questioning it. I feel people wondering, like, what do I do? Where do I get my money from how is she doing this not knowing why I'm sick all the time not getting it they don't confront me because people are too intimidated probably by my personality they don't say it but I feel it in the spirit I feel people questioning I feel how God has called me to hide right now to walk this thing out and I'm telling you people in obedience there is a shaming to the word of God that's what the enemy will try to do to steal it from you to shame your faith Shame what you're doing. Shame the weird things that maybe you're going against all Christian people. Maybe you're severing ties with high leadership. Maybe you're going against a leader at church. Maybe you're pulling out from your Bible study and you're getting shamed for it because you see stuff not right. Like seriously, this is, if you get, if you grasp this, that you are, there's people in such obedience that you're moving in things that, that the Christian system does not like because the Christian system has been set up under Jezebel. It has been set up and structured in the church under this spirit, people. Boom. And so there's a shaming of people who are breaking free of this and untying themselves and getting out of it. And, and to think it, you're alone, you look weird, something's not right, blah, 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 blah. You're going against what, what, what the church's system is telling you. And God's word is, is about to flip the table. So number five, for your creator will be your husband. Now let's apply this like... These people in intimacy, the creator is your husband. Like, God is your husband. He is everything to you. And, and you can declare this promise. You can declare this. If God's your husband, declare it. you got people in idolatry that take the word of God and declare it for their idols. And here's what's going to happen. Ezekiel 14. You will be given something through your idolatry. Stop using the word of God as a witchcraft spirit to manipulate him because you're going to get a demon to give you it. You need him. The creator is your husband. You Then you take the word of God and you say this is mine when he's your husband. And it's not your narcissism to get something from him. Number 10, for the mountains may move and the hills may disappear, but even then my faithful love will remain. My covenant blessing will never be broken, says to you who are mercy. And his covenant cannot be broken when it is in covenant with their no idolatry. You get that? Because his covenant is made with his children who love him. And then you have covenant blessings through Jesus Christ. But when you get an idol of a demon, your blessings sometimes will look different because a demon will start to do something to you. Got that? It's not God. God may need to remove some of the, the, the false idea of blessings around you that weren't from him in order to get you purified and on your knees, him as your husband. 
Number 15, if any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them. Whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. That's another promise that's, that's placed on the people in purity who've been enduring these things. Nothing will, uh, everything is going to go down in defeat. Ah! Even through the pain, even through the, the questions, intimidation, and number 17, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice <laughs> raised up to accuse you. Then benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord, and the vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Ah! Yeah. So I'm closing it with that. I'm closing it down by, by releasing that word for people to stand in, to take this, um, and to take it. And believe it because this stuff's about to happen so jesus god i just thank you father for the power and anointing of your word lord i thank you god that no word from your mouth will ever return void father i thank you father for the purifying of the prophetic people today god that they would purify their hearts before you that any idolatry would be removed all false prophet spirits get removed out of the hearts god that we we thank you when you want to send in a fire and purify your leadership father but god in the name of jesus i just thank you that you're going to be exposing the wolves that you're giving words to the purified prophetic voice out there that's come from your heart and the, and through the son and the suffering of Jesus Christ that has been placed out in the world and the servants that will carry that. The endurance that they have had is to break the false prophets in the spirit, the false prophets in the pastors and the teachers and the leadership, the wolves that are out there, the, the, their narcissism that led them into getting power through using you. And you're not okay with it. <laughs> So, Father, we thank you for your vindication. We thank you, God, that you are the one who can change the nation in a day. You are the one that can destroy a nation in one moment. And we declare your word out. And I thank you for the domino effect. I thank you for this, 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 the shift and the flip of your hand coming down, that you are faithful. And we stand in that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Whew, who knows what's next after this? I, I, we got to just keep following what, what God's doing in the spirit. But I believe that this is going to release something, some, 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 some flip. Because I know that when, when a big thing's going to happen, I'm going to see it physically like through my body. So I know it's overnight. I know it's overnight. I know, I know, I know. God's told me it's going to be overnight when it's going to happen. And that's when I'm going to be like, that's, this is when we're, we're in it. We are, we're breaking through this. We're, we're having this day that's going to shift and, and true purity is going to rise up. We're going to see the flipping of this. We're going to see the God, God move in and, and do something that's going to be magical, magical. It's going to change. It's going to change the church idea over the next few years. We're, we're going to just see the, the stuff in government gets just dismantled. And we're going to see the exposure of sin in the world. We're actually going to see a flip before you can get ready for revelations in the fullness. That's what people need to get. Revelations in the fullness. He's going to increase authority and power at, through his word first. So we, before we hit the end days and whenever that is, I have no idea. I, I personally don't want to be alive for it. So I <laughs> take me home like Elijah. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> when we go into like fully like that, like I, I'm good to help prepare, prepare the church until for, for, for the season. And this is going to take a while. People it is going to take a while, but he, he's changing authority and he's changing positioning because the word of God on Israel will come to pass. People get that. 
And, and the enemies of this world and the bales and the false prophets of this world that has, ha, has used this idolatry to take his chosen nation. We have to understand that the Old Testament is not put away with, with the new covenant. He still has a chosen nation that the word on that nation will be fulfilled. Okay. And so we have to, the, 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 the God's territorials, the things of idolatry that has been over and taken power. And, and, and he, he's going to, he's, he's shifting some stuff to bring out who he is so he can bring children home to know him and, and kill the devil. Kill the devil. All right. All right. I'm done. Okay. Goodbye.